and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Welcome everyone to episode 48. Oh, we're getting close to that half century, aren't we, Dad? I'm looking forward to that, Steve. You you know, these, these are always milestones, aren't they? You know, the 50, 100, 150, 200, 50's a quite, million. 50 is <laughs> 50's, uh, 50's quite, I'm quite proud of 50 because, I mean, it's not been a year, but uh, we started, I think, in January or February. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, after Christmas. That's right. Yeah, yeah a whole yeah, year of yeah. podcasting. Anyway, um, how are you? Uh, I'm very well. You know what? I'm really chuffed today because uh, we're we're recording this on the Wednesday and the sun is beaming today. It's beautiful out there. I picked a good day to come down, didn't I? You did, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it was yeah. a lovely day and it's going to be, I think it's going to stay that way. Yes. Me going on about the rain last week, but... Uh, no, <laughs> it's always it's, the weather, isn't it? Us yeah, British people always... I know. Uh, I know. Always um, talking about the weather. Well, we? we get such a mixture of it, you see. It always provides That's us with something to talk about, doesn't That's it? That's right. So, this week we've got some more questions and feedback for you. Worth mentioning that we've revealed our two winners now of the competition. Yes. Linton Bolton, who won the Tiger Cub, and Karen Drury, who won the Purdy. Yeah. The Spaniel. Congratulations to both of you two. We've got some uh, messages from, I think, from uh, Karen coming up. So, um, So, congratulations to you two. That competition is obviously closed now, but... Uh, obviously, if you want to sign up to the Lifetime Membership, that is still there for you all. Mm-hmm. So let's jump on to some feedback. The first one we have is from Wendy. Hi, Colin and Steve. Thank you so much for your kind comments in episode 47 about my panda picture. Yet again, an amazing coincidence that in this episode, you also spoke about shiny black dogs. And guess what? Yes, that is exactly what I was just about to start painting and have been given a commission for a young black Border Collie and Jack Russell Terry pictured together. Wow. Thanks again for the wonderful tips. Each program teaches me something new. I will definitely be signing up for the lifetime course, but unfortunately we'll have to do it after Christmas. That's all right. Well, that's okay, Wendy. We'll forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> so isn't that a coincidence? It's also interesting. Uh, I think we're going to mention later on about two dogs. That's great, isn't it? Two yes. dogs again. Because someone else said something to me about two dogs. I can't remember. Wasn't isn't it? that? I think it was Karen. Isn't that a coincidence? Isn't it? Especially what we've got coming up. Well, speaking of Karen, the next one is from Karen. Hi, Colin. The picture of Purdy arrived today. Well, that was quick, wasn't it? Oh, yes. it, is, it is so wonderful. I can't thank you enough. I can't stop looking at it, and I absolutely love it. Colin, it has inspired me so much. Hopefully my pictures will get better and better and I am able to raise more money for those deserving charities and I will keep in touch to let you know how I am progressing. I haven't progressed to doing backgrounds yet, backgrounds yet, so that is the next big thing I want to attempt. Thank you once again. Warm, warmest wishes, Karen. I just thought I'd mention that because um, people would, won't realise that Karen, in fact's niece, uh, lives uh, abroad mm. and... Uh, runs a rescue centre for uh, dogs. And to help raise money, Karen is selling her pictures, sending her pictures over, and they're selling them and raising money. Isn't I thought that... it was a wonderful idea. So yeah. it was, it, it just warmed my heart. Isn't it? Um, especially, you know, for her to get that, to get that picture and to get for Purdy, of course. Uh, uh, exactly. It's so mad, isn't it? I mean, obviously, people saw that those those were names we picked out. You know, mm. we scrambled them all up and um, and picked them out of, that, of out of a hat. But to get that one, she was yes, very coincidental. So anyway, that's uh, your feedback for this week. Moving on to some questions. The first one we've got here is from Gladys. Hello, Gladys. 
Please can you tell me how to get a really sharp point on my pencils? I have a number of different sharpeners, but none of them give me a sharper point as you have on your pencils. Well, the answer to that is a knife, not a pencil sharpener. You've got to use a knife. I use a razor blade, as everybody knows, yes. and the safety razor blades, and they are absolutely great. But I do understand some people can't use them or find it difficult to use, so the knives are the best thing to use. Either uh, a craft knife, which yeah. is a good good idea, or I actually prefer the Stanley knife. If I didn't have the razor blades, I'd use a Stanley, Stanley mm. blade because the Stanley knife has got a, a nice grip to it, and as long as you keep the you know, have a sharp blade in it. You don't have a blunt one because you that would take the point off. It's you can really do a fantastic job with a sanding knife. It's quite a skill though because I remember I've I've tried to sharpen. I don't know why. I, don't know, I can't remember, but I remember trying to sharpen past pencil before, and it is hard. Yes, it's a skill that you really have to just keep working at, don't you, mm. to get the right mm. angle, isn't it? I wish there was a magic formula. Unfortunately, there isn't. You see, the problem we have with a pastel pencil anyway, is if you use a pencil sharpen, as people have found out, I'm sure, it cracks the legs and you, you know, the leg breaks. Yeah. It's not hard enough, even though the Faber-Castell uh, pastel pencil is a really good, it's strong... The, it's the solid, yeah, solid lead. Uh, so it is, it is a problem, and I can't really see the answer to that. I mean, Faber-Castell's wood that they use is quite strong as well. Mm. It's quite a tough wood. Yeah, hard to sharpen with a, that, a sharpener. That's yeah. right. So you have a problem, but it's a problem that's worth overcoming, yeah. as, as many, many hundreds and thousands of people have found out now. Mm. Well, also, I want to direct people to YouTube, because you did a specific video on how to sharpen a pastel pencil. Like I did. Specifically, I think that's also included in the Starting Out with the Pastel Pencils DVD that you, you do. So anyone that's interested or, or wants to just refresh their memory or get a visual demonstration of how to do that mm. go over to youtube and, and check out your video yes that's absolutely the ideal thing i show i show how it's done that way you know that you can you first of all need to chop away but you need to do it at the right angle if yeah you do you, it at the wrong you angle you, you put the pressure on the lead and you show that angle with the hand and over a you know mm. a box or something like that mm. something that, to catch it it's worth the perseverance though because the effects and the as people know they have if very very fine detail with the pastel pencil and the, mm. the faber castell allows you to do that where some other pencils won't do it. Mm. so you can get really really fine detail with but it. you can also use with the razor blades you can uh, you've shown i think on youtube before how to get different because you can sculpture the lead not even just sharpening mm. it you can sculpture right, the lead you can, once yeah. you've got a, a thick lead outside mm. of the the wood you can use mm. it to, to sharpen and get different mm. effects and even chop it off like you said like mm. chop there was bits where you chopped it off didn't you and you rolled it to get That's a different right. effect so Absolutely. all these tips it's mm. all on youtube i'm sure it, it's all out there so mm. so mm. check it all out and it's all to do with sharpening and using the razor blades to to get that point that you need absolutely but then the um Razor blades, if anyone wants to know or wants to get hold of razor blades, they're available on, on the store, aren't they? Yep. Colin Bradley Art Store. They are. Okay, thanks, Gladys, for that. The next one we have is from Alec. Hi, Colin. I hope my email finds you in the best of health and that life is kind to you. I've downloaded your cat portrait starter pack and having had a 24-pack box of Faber-Castell pit pastel pencils that was unopened. I did not order any pencils when ordering. I've discovered that the box does not have a Van Dyke brown that is required in the drawing. Is it possible that I may use a substitute pencil? I have walnut brown, dark sepia and Payne's grey. Would any of these be suitable? If not, I shall have to order a Van Dyke brown. Yep. Um, the reason this has happened uh, is because the 
and I've mentioned this before, the Faber-Castell box of 24 that they manufacture yeah. doesn't have that pencil in it. The Colin Bradley Special Selection set of 24, which we sell, does. Right. So this is where the, the error came in. I mean, he, no one would know that. They would buy a box of 24 pencils, yeah. and then they buy a cat a pack, pack. From yourself, yeah. And now all the cat packs uh, you know, do have the um, pencils in the 24 set, my 24 set, yeah. not the Faber Gazelle's. Right. That's where the difficulty came in. But the answer to the question is, yes, you can absolutely do that. Substitute it. 176 and 177 are very, very close together. And you can substitute one with the other. One's Walnut Brown, one's Van Dyke Brown. Right. And you can switch them around. So I've, um, he, he can do that. There's no problem. He can use the 177 very, very comfortable. Walnut Brown is a good Instead substitute. of the 176. Also good for anyone else out there that wants to try the cat. Uh, portrait starts yeah, pack. SP18. SP18. You've got all these numbers. SP18, 176, 176. Well, it's, it's probably the most popular one we do. Though. That's how I know it. Yeah. It's also on the front page of the website, the um, um, the art store. It's a, a featured go. product this week. So uh, There you go. So it, no wonder it's being popular. The next question we have is from Niels. Is that how I say Niels? I, I, I think it's Niels. I hope it is. I apologise, Niels, if it isn't. Hi, Colin. A quick question. I've watched you using pit pastel pencils. Can you tell me why you keep saying numbers instead of the same instead of the name olive green etc I think I would find it hard to keep looking at each pencil in the box to find the number mm, it's a good question that is and and there is a very good reason for it uh, one is the German uh, paper cell manufacturer of the pastel pencil puts very weird names for instance if I said to a complete stranger I've used Capo Morton they'd say pardon I said, uh, <laughs> Would you call Morton. me? <laughs> yes, that's right. Now that's that means it's meaningless. Yeah, and who would know what that was? No one would know it. So it's easy for me to say one six nine. Yeah, specific because, because that's the color. So I say one six nine, and the other the reason is that some of them have got long names. And yeah. if I if I was to say light green yellowish, you know, every time it's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, easier to say the the actual number. Now, this is the reason I actually do it, uh, because I do say number. I mean, if it was just simple, if I've got a white pencil, that's not a problem. I, I say 101 something, or I say white. Yeah. If I've got, um, you know, 199, I say black. Yeah. That's okay. Or ivory, 103. That's easy. Yeah. But it's when you get these obscure names, that's very difficult. So that's the reason I do it. Easier just to, easier just to say uh, the, the numbers. They roll off the tongue easier as they well. Do, yeah, and, and there's yeah. less confusion. They could say, what, what did you say? It's, numbers are quite clear, aren't they? Mm, mm. Um, uh, that's the reason. And uh, I, I, I'm sorry, it does create some problems, but that's it's, the way it's It's not a bad be. thing to know the numbers of the pencils, though, is it? Especially, no, really. um, yeah, I just, I just think the only The only difficulty is, though, Stephen, it could be that someone's using um, a different make. Ah. And therefore, you know, 169 enough. is meaningless. Yes. I mean, we do have the, the, the pastel pencil a chart mm. on the website of That's all the right. numbers and the colours. So yes. if anyone wants to, it's probably not a bad thing to download that chart I think and just have it idea. printed out on, mm. you know, in your workshop area mm. and just having it there anyway, just so well, what's that colour? And you can, it's a grid, isn't it? We got it off Faber-Castell. That's right. And all the colours are listed anyway at, the, at every project that we do. The colours are listed, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, we lost all, on the, list the, all the numbers. Anyway, yeah. that's all listed. So people know what colours that are coming up. Yeah. Cool. 
Excellent. Next one is from Dave. Hi again, Colin. I've started your East Grinstead in the snow. Harder than the others, I'm finding, but progressing steadily. Just a question. Do you have any instruction on how to form the different colour arrangements on a separate tutorial? I think it would be good to learn how to form colour arrangements. For example, how and what colours to use for most of the different bases, forming the various finished colours. Regards, Dave. It's a good question, and unfortunately an impossible answer, because I can't do that. There was some years ago, it might still be available, there was something called a colour wheel. This wasn't oh, necessarily yeah, yeah. it wasn't necessarily for pastel pencils, this was a, a generalized yeah, colour yeah. wheel. It was so confusing, I didn't even understand it. <laughs> so how on earth, you know, the um, average punter out there could work it out, I just don't know. It was really confusing. And the reason is there's so many computations. You know, you just go on and on and on. Yeah. So the, the difficulty we have with that is that uh, I, I would find it almost impossible. It would be a five-hour-long video giving all different scenarios. Far better, really, for me to do what I do. And people, when they got the member site, they have the colours. I work out the base colours. It's a question that keeps recurring. What base colours do you use? How do you know which colour base colours to use? Yeah. It's experience, 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 experience. It also depends on the Trial picture. Trial and error. And you do it wrong, you relearn by it. You do it right, you learn by it. Uh, you follow me, you learn by it. Hmm. You know, I'm afraid that there's no... I would love to say there was an easy answer again, but there isn't one. No, but it also depends on the picture, doesn't it, that you're doing. Absolutely. What colour arrangements that you pick for it. So Absolutely. you can't predict all the colour arrangements for pictures that... No, you know, no. All the pictures out there. But it is a good question. Hmm. And as I said, I've fought with this for many, many years and... I mean, when I was doing my classes many years ago, uh, and for many years, over 20 years I was doing classes, yeah, yeah. and I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of examples, you can imagine, going through and people starting new pictures. They used to say to me, Colin, um, what colours do I use? Even people with maybe been with me 10 years, 15 years, they would still ask me, yeah. what colour do I actually need? So you can see how difficult, this, even to someone, an amateur who's, you know, He's been doing it for a long time. They yeah. still struggle, yeah. And even I have to think about it. When I'm starting a new picture off, I have to think about it. Yeah. And it, I have to work it out. And as you know, I, I've got a piece of uh, uh, pastel paper, just a spare sheet of pastel paper, and I play with it first. Yeah. I did that recently on the new picture that's coming up, mm. uh, sunset picture that's yeah. coming up. Uh, I played with that for a little while because I couldn't quite work out how I was how the combination of colours we're going to work on top of yeah. the base colours I was going to use. And I got it then, I think. But when I actually came to do the picture, I changed it, even though I'd you spent it out. an hour working out what colours to use. Yeah, because it gives you it gives you an insight, it gives you an idea and think, okay, right. And it worked out brilliantly. I mean yeah. the actual picture was good. And that only occurs to me when when obviously I've got something different. The last picture I did um, I've just completed now. That was difficult because the colouring of the animal that I was doing was a particularly difficult colour. Mm. You're sort of on the gingery ochery side. And when you get to that, you say, what do I use? Do I use uh, ivory? Do I put the colour on raw? Do I use um, grey? What do you do? Yeah, because it's a picture that... I'm not going to tell you what it is because... 
Yeah, it's on there. Have to, yeah, we'll yeah. find out. But it's also, it's, it's a different, it's a new subject, isn't it? It's a That's new right. subject. So new, when it's something new that you haven't done before. But this is good news, you see. This is all experience. And even with my 30 years experience of the pastel pencil, I still have to think about it now. Yeah. So you can see how difficult that uh, question really, mm. the answer to that question is. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Well, thanks uh, again, Dave. That prompted some good discussion. So it we did. like that. Yeah. So if anyone else has got a question out there, then they can email it to straight to dad, uh, colin at bradleygallery.co.uk or submit it online via our online form uh, at colinbradleyart.co.uk or get in touch with us any other way. YouTube, Facebook, facebook.com slash colin1940, youtube.com slash colin1940. So let's uh, just quickly talk about... Um, Give them a little teaser on this new animal picture. Shall I do that? I think you should. Because we, we, I didn't let you talk about it last no, week. You but it's coming up that. after the swan, <laughs> which we've got a couple more weeks, I think. Well, I'll tell you the story. Can I tell you the story behind it? Um, the story behind it was my your sister, Vicky, has got a very good friend in LA. And uh, she's been corresponding now for the last oh, year, I think. Now. A very good friend. They exchange uh, parcels and... Uh, Messages. They met up, didn't they, recently? Yeah, they met in, up recently in, Vegas. in, in Las Vegas, Jealous. which was... Yeah, <laughs> we were stuck here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. so, so they're very, very good friends. And uh, as Shannon had done so much work for Vicky, I said to her, Vicky, I said, you know, because I, I, he told me about her two dogs, mm. Hungarian Vizslas, very unusual name. I hadn't come across it before. And uh, I said, well, you know, as a... As a as a gift, I'd like to do them for Shannon. Anyway, this is how it all started out. And uh, obviously, uh, Shannon was absolutely delighted that I would be prepared to do this. So I started off, I got some pictures over, quite a lot of pictures long. And what I did, I, I wanted to do the two dogs in one picture. Yeah. It's much easier to do one dog and then another dog, but I wanted to do the two together. So I started... Uh, you know, working it all out, and I did. It, it all worked out really, really nicely. And I finished it last week, and I was I was pleased with it. And Shannon is absolutely over the moon. Mm. What uh, Vicky did, she did a little video with her phone because it was right at the final little bit. And I heard Vicky come in. Yeah, and I said to Vicky, shouted out, I said, oh, Vic, would you like just like to see? I'm just on the tail end of doing the dogs, and I was just putting the finishing touches to it. Yeah. Oh, yes, she said. Anyway, in the impromptu, what it, I was down in the hallway, and uh, Vicky said, oh, I get on my phone out, and I do a, uh, a little video. So I did a little video showing Shannon what I was doing, the final sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very good, and she sent it immediately off to her, and so she, she knew what was coming. It's amazing, isn't it? Was, it? it technology is incredible, yeah. yeah. Yeah, So anyway, this was a story, so that is now going to be winging its way to Shannon in the next uh, couple of days. I'm going to send it off to her. To LA. And yes, so, so it's been videoed. The point is, the whole thing. The whole lot has been videoed. Two dogs in one picture. Mm. And it is amazing. Which is the, a lovely way of doing it, because it, when you've got... What I did when I first started it, Steve, I said to you, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show people how I arrange these animals, what made me make those decisions. Yeah. I think this is something interesting at the beginning of a picture. People don't think, well, yeah, but how do, how do, you, do, how do you work out the colouring? Because the two pictures came from two different photographs. Yeah. Yes, you've got to try and put them both together. That's right. And the composition, how do I do it? Do I do 
how do we work the background out? I'm not going to spoil it now by telling you that because you're going to have to wait and see the picture. It's but going when to be, they yes. see it, they will love it. Yes. And uh, it's coming. It'll probably be we'll, the next next week or two. I think we'll be able it's to. It's coming pop off. That good. Yeah, starting off good. Yes. It's so a long one, isn't it? I think it's a it's long a, It's going to be a long, be but a, it's, it's going two to be in price, two for the price of one. Yes. And the lovely thing about it, um, just to whet your appetites even more, they had two collars on them, which were really nice. And you picked out that, didn't you? You said, gosh, these collars, Dad, how do you they do look, that? They look real. And, and I do not no. like that. I mean, a lot of your pictures come off realistic. Yeah. German Shepherd, Prowling Tiger. These collars look photographic and the tr- the thing is about them is if you've got something like that on the animal the collar could take over it could be the collar that people see first yeah so that was my problem i had to make the animals stand away from the collar if you know what i mean yeah so it was the uh, the animals lovely animals oh look at that lovely collar not, <laughs> wow what a color oh it's on oh it's a dog, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so i didn't want that to happen so but but the effect the overall effect of the two yeah. were good and i i deliberately did that but what people will see when they see me actually do the collars they will see how haphazard it is it's not just precision i said oh we'll chuck a little bit here we'll do a little bit here because i wanted to make them impressionistic yes which is what you i can't did, be even though it, yes you've said before about you can't make it too real. No, you can't. You've got to be... And this is what I think people will, will take from that, yes. apart from the fact that dogs look superb. Yes. They're slightly different colours. Yeah, it's a real colour. slightly different colours. One's a little lighter than the other, and one's a little more subdued. And the other interesting thing... Um, you, I can go on about this, can't I, for a little while? <laughs> now you've got me started. And, and again, I mentioned this right at the beginning of the, the video when I'm explaining how I'm going to work these dogs out. This... This little dog that has this dog has got his tongue right out, and it's an absolute massive tongue. Yeah. It, it drops down almost to an unsightly. It makes, really? it makes it look really odd. So I had to cut the tongue off and make his tongue shorter. <laughs> I shortened the tongue by about three inches. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and uh, But I thought, oh, God, am I going to get away with this? But had I had that, people would have said, then what the? <laughs> well, they would have looked at the dog and say, good gracious, look at that tongue. Oh, yeah. it's attached to a dog. Oh, oh it's, it's the to collar. Dog. <laughs> 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 you see what I mean? So, yeah, you have uh, to even it out. Yeah. yeah so the these, are the, these are the things, that, uh, from, an, from an artistic point of view, and an interesting point of view too, um, people will find it fascinating. Yes. They will see how I could actually do that. But the, the end result is stunning. Yeah, it looks great. I, I, so I expect I people are trying to, trying to imagine it in their heads at the moment. And yes. it's, it's whatever you're imagining, it's a thousand times better, I assure you. Yes, because the background, again, I wanted to... Do you know, another thing, I'm going on about it, folks, but when you see this picture, you'll understand why. I was a little bit uh, unsure about the background and how to finish the animal. And people have seen me finish the animals before. I put a little bit of fog at the bottom so that the animal goes into the background, which looks really nice. This time, I didn't want to do that because I've got two of them. Yes. And it would have looked odd if I'd done that. Yes. So what I did, I was in Canterbury with uh, your mum and we we looked in the gallery. Just by coincidence, we just looked in an art gallery there and I walked around, and there was a picture there of a horse's head and the body, and the body shattered. As it came off the, the, the neck of the horse, it shattered 
you could still see the kind of outline, but it shattered. Oh. And I was really impressed with that. I thought, that is really good. The horse's head itself was, uh, you know, in focus, and you could see the detail, mm. but then it shattered, and I thought, that's it. Not exactly what I wanted to do, but I thought, that is an idea. A that way of breaking it off, yeah. And that's how I did it. So when you get to the, the under the ear, when it start, and under the collar, when it starts to, to uh, come from the collar in real time, you see the actual line, I start shattering it. Really great. And it looked... And then, of course, you shatter that, and then it goes into the... The background. background. (laughs) Almost magical. Shattering. Yes. What a great uh, effect. Cool effect. Mm. So, anyway, I'll let you know. I know Shannon's already seen the video, but she hasn't seen the picture yet as Mm. such. No. But I think when she sees that, she's going to go do bananas. It's going to be pretty amazing, yeah. Okay, that's... uh, that's really thrown a massive teaser, so I hope that uh, <laughs> everyone's excited. I've, I've really enjoyed talking. When about are we it. going to be able to uh, reveal it? Would you I'd, say, I'd say let, next let next week? I next would week imagine, sometime. yeah, because yeah. I don't want to put it up too soon because people are going to have to still wait of for the swan so. to finish, which is coming up. Mm. So, um, so I yeah. don't think I mind because the end of the, f- the swans too. The background of the swans is really good too. Mm. That, that uh, I think people are going to find that interesting. Mm. There's all good stuff coming in. Lots of good stuff. What about the watercolour? Are we talking about watercolour? Well, you put the Yalding uh, picture is coming very soon, I would say, uh, at the tail end of this week. Probably uh, towards when this podcast goes out, actually, on Friday, um, possibly over the weekend. Right. Yalding will be as another sepia watercolour. Yeah, that's something that um, I did many, many, many years ago, sepia watercolour, and I sold a lot of it. You know where I I used to do my watercolour pen and ink prints? Yes. Well, I also did pen and ink sepia washes as well oh. with those same prints. And they sold, I wouldn't say they were sold as well as the colours, but they were they were hot on their heels. People mm. like, you know, something different on the wall. Yeah. And uh, the watercolour uh, yielding was my favourite picture, one of my favourite pictures anyway. But yeah. I changed the characters. I put a couple of horses in and as, as people have seen it on Facebook, so they know what I'm talking about now. Yeah. That's um, it's worth, worth having a go at that. That's uh, fascinating. And it, it's a one colour. It's all just, one colour, yeah. Just one colour. Yeah, it's really interesting. It was really interesting to edit that. And uh, yeah, that would be coming out. So I reckon the weekend, by the weekend or early part of next week, Good. people will be able to get their and hands. I'm just starting a new one. Another, oh, another, another watercolour one. There you go. So, so uh, we, we can talk about that next week if you like. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about I'll, that. Be under, I'll be underway by then. Yes. Yes, so oh, so much, so much to come, and uh, I hope you're all enjoying it. And uh, how did your you Bonneville? Did well, I say? I, I mean, I know how well it came. Go, no, last time you were going to do it, weren't you? No, I think I had. I met Hugh Bonneville, hadn't I? Or maybe I hadn't. No, I don't think you were doing. Oh, or did you? I can't remember. Anyway, no, it's anyway, out folks. there. It's on. It. I tell you what, I can tell you though. Hugh, the Hugh, the talk with Hugh Bonneville is actually on our podcast now. Don't be so dramatic. So because um, it went live just a few days ago. So if anyone wants to hear that talk, if anyone's a fan of Downton Abbey, hear all about Hugh's background, um, how he started out, what made him decide to be an actor, mm. what's it like going TV on TV and doing the things that he does. It's a really fascinating interview. And well, it, um, it, I tell you what, Steve, it was a, a, an hour long and I was riveted. Yeah. It's Absolutely riveted. I couldn't, couldn't, you know, couldn't stop. Yeah, nothing, and nothing. it's li- it's a live audience as well, so it's yeah. live. Um, yeah. So um, I was there, and it was brilliant. And uh, yeah, so check that out. Don't be so dramatic, which is on iTunes, um, and uh, people can have a listen. Yep, great. So okay, well, um, let's wrap it up then this week. And uh, so, uh, if anyone uh, out there, it, it would be great if you could do us the the great honour of 
uh, writing us a review on iTunes out of five stars, dropping us a little positive review. It helps us bump us up the rankings and uh, gets us noticed and spread the word. I've already mentioned you can go to Dad's website to get in touch with us, colinbradleyart.co.uk or Colin Bradley Art Store for any of the packs, uh, materials, uh, or paper or anything like that. Any pencils uh, are all available online. And uh, watercolormadeeasy.com for all the watercolor, all the watercolor tutorials that we're now doing. So head on over to there. That's it. That's it, I think, for this week. So thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Steve Bradley. I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week. Who yeah. else you got next on the... Don't be so dramatic, Steve. Uh, we've got Clive Swift coming up. Clive Swift, actor, keeping up appearances. Oh, right. Played uh, a rich bouquet. Bucket. Was it? Okay. <laughs> bucket, yeah. Oh, people remember her, <laughs> wouldn't you? Oh, he's, he's very funny. Mm-hmm.